we were talking about how difficult it is to describe what this show is and uh in, in a certain amount of words to new to new listeners yes you know what's what's sneaky dragon all about and i say well we talk about uh hardcore pornography <laughs> yes, um, we do. i i do long lists of hot dogs yep that's true um I, I I brag about French people liking my comics from twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah. Something to brag about. End of list. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Bonjour, David. Je ah, m'appelle Ian. Ah, ah, comment ça va? <laughs> ça va bien. Ah, comme si, comme ça. <laughs> ah, comme si, comme ça. Uh, no, I can't even think of anything anymore. No? No. Pas français. Oh. J'ai de soleil. Oh. Ah oui. Dis donc. Tant pis. Tant pis. Chante alouette. Chante alouette. Ray? Ray. Très vrai. Ouais. I just came back from France. I could tell by your French. Yeah, I was talking French, not that uh, Quebec bullshit French. <laughs> we were just that doing it there. Legit good French. We were just doing a little bit of Quebecois at the end there with the wang. A little bit there. Oh, you should say the numbers and all the shit. The numbers? Yeah, for the show. If you want to call know. us, call us at 604. What's that? Oh, this is episode 413. Okay, there you go. 413. The unluckiest 400. Now, um, you were saying before we came on the air that you were uh, upset that uh, we didn't do a gag. Last week. Yeah, last week. Yeah, what I did mention it in the show Reddit, but it's um, from uh, the Stan Freeberg sketch, St. George and the Dragonette, when he when uh, he finally confronts a dragon and, and tells him that he's uh, committing a 412. And the dragon goes, 412? What's a 412? Overacting. It's very good. Bum, ba-dum, bum. <laughs> I, I ran into Stan Freeberg. Uh, not ran into him because he was doing a signing. But he was uh, <laughs> he was signing books at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. One That's right. Year, That's right. And uh, very few people were going up and talking to him. And it was really? like, that can't be right. That can't be right. And so I got to go up and talk to him for quite a while, him and his uh, wife. Was he nice? He was very nice. Did he, uh, did he pump radio? As being the ultimate medium. <laughs> Did he pump radio? Yeah, he just loved radio That's so much. a personal much. question. He just uh, loved radio so much. Uh, no, I, I don't think we totally got into that. Mm. He was signing his book and yeah. he was just doing a nice pleasant, pleasant conversation. Uh, yeah, no, he's, it was great. It was, uh, he was, it was very friendly. It was a thrill to meet him. Yeah. I got him to sign a book for you. I brought you that book. That's right. And, I do uh, have that book. Yeah. And I still I treasure that the memory of like uh, meeting him. That's very lucky. Very lucky. And he was, yeah, of course he was a great uh, radio uh, comedian, uh, albums, uh, commercials, hilarious mm-hmm. commercials. Yes, great commercials. And it uh, was uh, Pete Puma and uh, Looney Tunes. What's amazing is he was doing Looney Tunes voices as a teenager. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he like talked himself on, uh, onto the lot and started doing voices for them. Yeah, he was still very young when he was doing voices because he did more than Pete Puma. He did a lot of other voices. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he did stuff for MGM as well because he does like um, the voice of the wolf in... In the droopy car- cartoons, you know, the kind of the southern voiced, southern accented wolf who whistles uh, ah, the year of Jubilo wherever okay. he goes. Okay, all right, all right. That's interesting. Cool. Do you think uh, Pete Puma is, uh, gets the uh, attention that Pete Puma deserves? Well, I guess he does because he's all, basically it was a one off, wasn't he? I don't think he was in more than one, no, I think one cartoon. Pu- no, he's in a couple of Oh, did of he do a couple of them? Okay, I, I maybe. I believe so, yeah. I'm sure you're right. I just don't remember. Uh, yeah, let me, let me take a look. I'm, I'm quite curious about that. Uh, no, he's got to be in more than one. 
Yeah, the one lump or two, the whole thing. That was mm. all good stuff. Yeah, that was pretty good. What the heck? Okay. So I went to, uh, I, I, no, I said Pete Pump. I got a dirty <laughs> thing. That's my problem. Yeah, I got uh, I got some visuals there you that you go. do not want. No, there's a lot of problems with what I just did there. <laughs> okay, that would be my mistake. Listen, Dave, I'm very, yeah. very jet lagged. You are very jet lagged. I because came off a nine, why? Why are you nine-hour flight from Paris? Nine-hour flight from Paris. Uh, the good Paris, mm. the one in France. Not the one in Texas. No. Okay. No. Have you been to the one in Texas? Just the movie. Okay. Have you been to the one in France? Oh, yes. And, a couple uh, times. What was your favorite part when you were there? My favorite part when I was there, the first time I went there, my favorite part was the pastries because <laughs> we didn't get to see very much. We timed it very badly in terms of when we arrived, the shape we arrived in and what we could do while we were there. The next time we went, I really enjoyed the museums. I am a museum hound, I'll admit it. My favorite being uh, the Musée d'Orsay, which is built in an old train station in, in Paris. Yeah. And it's basically kind of like 1890, 1880, 1890 to 1930, I would say, is its era. It does have, you know, so it has so sort of the beginnings of Impressionism. It has the, what was there, three Impressionists, I believe. And then there were many more post-Impressionists. My wife likes to remind me of this. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to look this up now. Does Edor say? Let's see if I if I went there or not. Probably. I don't know. I went places. I did things. <laughs> it is a wonderful museum. And then we heard, and yep. our our tour book told us that if we went there near the end of the day, they'd let us in for free. Oh. But we were a little late getting there because of some uh, some problems on the on the on the metro, which was too bad. So, so Zazzy was on it. Zazzy was on the metro at that time and just creating a creating a real. That was a. I don't joke not for, know, I do not know. It's a Louis Mal joke for people out there. If you're a fan of Louis Mal, you're laughing at my Zazie Don La Metro joke. But if you're not a fan of Louis Mal, you didn't get it. Went over. I'm not gonna say went over your head because uh-huh. I wasn't even aiming there. I just I was just throwing it out on the ground. So I'm trying to look up like all the different Pete Puma mm. uh, things. Sure. All right. Let, let's just say shoes. Yeah. There's been a many many. There's Rabbit's Kin, Pulit Surprise. Oh. Uh, there you go. Uh, and okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He did that <laughs> laugh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so who was that based on? As we've often said, that quite often Looney Tunes uh, rip off uh, famous characters. Oh, it was a ra- it was a radio uh, character. Uh, it was a Frank Fontaine character. Does that help you in any way? Not at all. Crazy Guggenheim. I don't know. Who it is. All right, fair enough. Was he? Is that a character in a show, or was that a character who had it was his own a, show? It was, a, it was a character that was like. Uh, like just regularly appeared on the on, on the other radio. people's yeah. other people's shows. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: uh, Pete Puma has been portrayed by Stan Freeberg, uh, Joe Alasky, uh, John Cassier, and Jess Harnell. And, oh, uh, yeah. Stan Freeberg portrayed him from 1952 to 2010. And other gentlemen have pre- pre- uh, done him since. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so he's uh, he's been around. Okay, that's good. I'm he's glad. Fine. I'm glad. Uh, back to Paris for a second. Yeah. Uh, the art galleries are amazing. Holy oh, cow, they're, right? Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. You just like, when you see art um, in person, I was, we were talking about this with uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Vicky Van, who's uh, been on the show, and uh, it might be again if she's got free time, <laughs> um, was saying how when you see these paintings in person, it's a completely different experience oh, than yeah. seeing pictures of them in a book or online or what have you going yeah oh. it looks good but yeah. you see them and, and and just the colors it's yeah just the, it, it just the connects texture. with you on such a and deep the level. size of them like the yeah quite like in the louvre size. in the louvre there's the room with the davids in it um at you know like the uh 
the um, coronation of Napoleon, mm-hmm. and and there's also the one with the uh, the raft, the people adrift on like a, a raft after a, after a storm or whatever. Okay, I can't remember what it's called now. Sorry, and um, but they're just they're rafties. Like, rafties. They are like what these giant wall size paintings are just yeah. humongous like it's just like when you see it in a book of course you just it, you assume it's bigger than what you're looking yeah, at we in went, the book we, we went and saw uh, Manet's Lilies uh, which is something that Pia wanted to know mm-hmm. what Pia wanted to see she was a guest at Paris Comic Con that's why sure. we were there sure. and yeah they're all wall size and there's yeah. like four per room and yeah and then they're they're amazing. what's interesting about them is they're put in, in a convex uh, yes. convex or con, yeah concave pattern concave, I guess that's right so that you can kind of like nestle into them and they just surround you yep and you get the real effect of them. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah, and everything you're seeing is uh, it's all like a reflection. Yeah, and it's uh, mm-hmm. we. Um, it was just interesting, also, then watching people's reactions to them after we kind of absorbed it all, just sitting back and just and just it it changes people. Sure, like just just seeing these things. It's uh, well, the paintings uh, are so big as well that I don't think many people have actually seen the whole painting. What you mostly see are details from them, sure, but not the whole work itself. Like if you buy, like we have prints of them at home, mm-hmm. but the prints that we have are just, um, it, you know, like like I say, just sort of uh, detail parts of it that have just been extracted and made into a print because it's they're just huge. So there's no way. I mean, you could look at them, but they, you know, they they'd be like this sort of letterboxed uh, page in a book, you know, and it would, wouldn't be that. It just wouldn't have the same effect on you. It is really amazing. It's one of the reasons I would like to visit Chicago. Is apparently they have very good art museums there as well. Yeah, being as that they're. You know, Chicago. It has a smaller penis than New York, and so they have to really, really wear a lot of... Uh... Well, the thing that I found about Chicago when I was there, I went there for an improv festival and went there for a sketch comedy festival. Okay. And you get a lot of people, just, uh, it's weird to say it in this way, but regular folks, you know, not necessarily artsy types, but yeah. you get regular folks seeing uh, arts. Mm. They'll go to see a play. They'll yeah. go to see a show. They'll wow. go to catch a gallery thing. And it's sure. just a common thing that you'd like, mm. you know, just, just do that. And it's like, oh, this is a wider variety of people at these things than you would normally. You, get, you know, you get the same kind of crowd over and over again when you're in a city. And you see those, they're all nice and you appreciate the sponsorship. But it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm like, oh, this is different. Chicago is a little, uh, little artsy, but still kind of blue collar at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's always a show with uh, naked fellas. There's always like one naked fella show that's just like. It's part of your improv thing. No, it wasn't. It oh. was next door actually to the improv festival. Okay, but it was just this uh, rotating show that's like a review and it's like a musical number, mm. but it's all naked dudes. Hmm. And they just come out and they do a show about America. But they're about naked. America and found it da, 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 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't actually see it. You didn't it. actually see it, okay. But from I'm the, assuming it's very seems very the, strange subject matter. They have a series the, of pictures outside. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. You're taking Oh, the Navy life is a jolly life, a wonderful life for swabbing, and so on and so on. <laughs> they have a mop tied to their penis. Uh, uh what? <laughs> is that what you think swabbing the deck is? <laughs> well, I just, Why would you tie the, a mop to your penis? It just seems like you can get more work done. Well, you'd have to constantly be erect or you'd have no control. No, no, no. It's just a, sort of an appendage. So you're mopping with your hands, but you also have like a supplementary mop. 
Oh, you got a supplementary waffle. Yeah, yeah. It's just adding to it. That's right. Okay, that's fine then. That's, that's, that's makes that's, sense, doesn't it? No, that's it's uh, good thinking. No, that's, that's what you're okay. Telling me. You're you're absolutely fine. Okay, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Crazy Guggenheim. Yes. was a character okay. done by Frank Fontaine. Sure, uh, lived from 1920 to 1978. I think Frank Fontaine was kind of a famous vaudeville guy. There you go. Uh, best known for his appearances on uh, like the Jack Benny uh, program, Jackie oh. Gleason show. Uh, and the Ed Sullivan Show, but uh, he played uh, Crazy Guggenheim, who yeah. was a character on the Jackie Gleason Show, who was always drunk. Ah. And, uh, and Gleason would play Joe the bartender, and then they'd uh, do a little uh, sketch, and they'd end up singing a song. And uh, you know, the, everyone would be surprised that Crazy Guggenheim, who had that you know very drunk voice, yeah. he had a lovely singing voice ah. at the end. And that was the whole thing about Crazy Guggenheim. And then, as we have said, uh, Stan Freeberg kind of borrowed a little bit of that for Pete Puma later mm. on. Mm. So there we are. I'm no uh, Cliff Nesteroff, but I can look some shit up. <laughs> From Cliff Nesteroff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's good his website. That's fine. They found out about I, Frank I, I knew Cliff Nesteroff before th- he was Cliff Nesteroff. Th- okay? Oh, really? Who was he then? Shecky Green. Oh, well. When Shecky I, Gray. Shecky Gray. Shecky Gray. Because oh, it wasn't Shecky Green. Shecky, Shecky, Shecky Green, Green was that. Real Shecky person. Gray was a different... Yeah. Was a takeoff of Shecky Green. Yes, and you're correct. And... I think I read about Frank Fontaine in uh, Cliff Nesterhoff's book, The Comedians, in his vaudeville section, I believe he's mentioned in there. I wonder what Cliff Nesterhoff is doing now. Well, last time... Let's find out. <laughs> I'll be up. right back. Are you just going to ask him? Turns yeah. out he's way too far away for me to do that. <laughs> even even you doing pretend footsteps on a table? Yeah. Is it enough? Okay. Oh, you're saying I should do them on the floor? Yeah, I do them okay. on the floor. <laughs> That's much more convincing. Thank you. Oh. Very nice. Very yeah. Uh, no, it's still way too far away for me to check. So, Ian, why did you go to Paris? I went to Paris because my wife was a guest at uh, Paris Comic Con. Oh. So I was uh, plus un. You were plus un. Plus un. And I was there for su- support. <laughs> yeah. So I did sign a couple of things uh, when I was there, which is nice. People who liked uh, Simpsons stuff. Okay. And okay. whatnot. So you were more than a mop-holding appendage, is what you're saying. <sighs> what? Have you ever mopped a floor? Because you, you need control, and you're not going to get it. Oh, uh, well. Unless you're just, it's merely, it's just constantly this. really enjoying mopping the floor. <laughs> and then I don't you, think it's really about mopping the floor. You don't know me. I, I really don't, and don't, up until this point. And don't I know you me. used to work on a ship, and so this is now uh, worrying, worrying me. Anyway, uh, so, so Swabbing yeah. the decks again. Swabbing the decks again. Swabbing the... Okay, go on. And they're here. And now I'm tired. And now I need Gatorade. <laughs> and now I'm popping the next again. Uh, no, it was really nice. It was uh, it was uh, super crowded. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, it was super crowded. Can, can uh, I ask you what what kind of what kind of um, French fun? people? That's the kind of people. That were, is that what you're asking? <laughs> no, French, no. French. I, ass- French I assume type. that as much. No, I was going to ask you what what what's the content like? Like when when I when I hear Comic Con, yeah. Of course, in my mind, I immediately go to like. Superheroes like Marvel or DC. There is that for sure. Yeah. They do have that element to it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. They, I thought the French were better than that. No, no, no. They're no, not. They're no, just no, they're no. wallowing it's in the muck like the rest of us. Yeah, okay. I think you've uh, you know the world now, and uh, they all like uh, a little bit of Thor. Mm. Um, no, there's a mix. There's some there's some other stuff. There's your uh, there's your uh, asterixes. Yes. They act, in fact, that was the thing was uh, the giant billboards for the new Asterix book. 
Okay. Big. Like uh, what you'd have for like uh, a new movie coming out. Okay. But like, yeah, you go into the, the metro and yeah, all, all over the place. But yeah, there's uh, French translations of um, of uh, superhero books and okay. whatnot. Uh, Marvel, DC, Image, Valiant. Uh, and then um, and then yeah, there's some a little bit of independent stuff. And then there's video game stuff. And then a okay. lot of artists doing commissions. A lot of artists doing okay. commissions. Okay. I, I want to see like uh, some mini comic stuff or some personal stories but they, it doesn't seem to be that kind of con no so, no i wouldn't no but uh but yeah, people loved it and uh they were all dressing up and it's so sweet seeing the kids it's like second halloween for them okay or pre-halloween yeah, i suppose yeah. so it's not the sort of play like you didn't see boulet there for instance no i don't know what that is boulet the, the artist the cartoonist boulet no what does uh boulet do he does web comics but uh, he's very okay. good okay no then uh not that i knew no okay um but they also would have you know, American celebrities from, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Karen Gilliam, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nebula. Okay. From Dr. Yeah, Who, yeah. you know. Uh, you have that, that kind of person doing a nice talk and okay. uh, people would enjoy that. Was she speaking have, in French? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. Probably a translation. Uh-huh. And then outside they had nice food trucks and I had uh, the most delicious sandwiches and the worst hot dog. I heard the that. Worst but it wasn't dog. a Parisian hot dog. I have established that. Well, yes. I know it was, it was bought in Paris, but it's it was, not a It was a hot dog. It's not a Parisian hot dog. And it though. was uh, in Paris. Yeah. But a so Parisian how not? A Parisian hot dog is a specific tell, tell me hot about dog. It. It's a tell me about it's it. a European wiener <laughs> on a bun <laughs> with uh becamel sauce how do you say that name becamel sauce right, i'm looking up parisian hot dog please right do please do and then you will right. learn this was like a straight out uh hot dog just like an american american well Frank. It, was, it was longer oh it was european skinnier. wiener it's probably european wiener yeah then. there you go so i'm looking up parisian hot dog yeah and the ins- oh the instructions are are uh one warm hot dogs <laughs> two put hot dogs in rolls okay uh and then place cheese slice on top yep Toast in a toaster oven until cheese is melted. Serve with spicy mustard. This is oh. what I'm getting for a pre. Oh, that's not. No, Where's this uh, bechamel sauce. sauce? Is it bechamel? How do you say? It? I'm sorry, bechamel sauce. What do yeah. you call it? No, I don't know how you pronounce it. I've only read well, it. Well, listen, man. We yeah. we did a video where you made uh, bernet sauce. Oh, I mean, bernet sauce. Oh, yeah, I yeah. see. I'm sorry about that. Bechamel, that bechamel sauce is different. Okay. I don't even know what it is. What it is. Yeah, but I like it. That's yeah. what we had there. Like no, everything I'm the, looking uh, at here is like uh, I'm looking at like a f- official home, a school of the culinary arts mm. in uh, in 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 France. Here is what they say goes into a Parisian hot dog. Okay, okay, one baguette. Okay, or huh? demi baguette. Okay, okay, one hot dog or an all beef sausage. I just oh. want to say the demi baguette is a baguette that doesn't in, enjoy all the powers of a, of a baguette, so it's right. not immortal. Uh, understood. It's usually the result of some sort of congress between a baguette and something that's mortal. We we all know that. Okay. No need to condescend. <laughs> so yes, one baguette or demi baguette, one hot dog or all beef sausage, spicy mustard, ah. two taste, okay, ketchup, two taste, weird brackets optional. That's what I got for a Parisian hot dog. Wow. Now. That's okay. not what I've ever had for a so what type of, what type of sauce are we talking about like bechamel 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 okay I'm looking up now I'm putting bechamel sauce here and saying Parisian hot dog and I'm all I'm including bechamel yeah and uh no none, none of that's coming up really weird no 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 what what I am getting though mm. is a hot dog yeah croque monsieur ah which doesn't seem to make sense either <laughs> No. Huh. 
Oh wait, French hot dog recipe tutorial. Okay, this possibly you might you might be okay, Dave. We're gonna we're gonna check this out. Okay. Okay, here we go. 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 Oh, it's a video. I can't. Uh, yeah, oh, we wait, can't wait. do that. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. No. Nope. We'll have nope. to report back on this later on. Okay. I'll have yeah. to do my own investigating. Yeah, you'll have to. Where? Who told you this? Uh, this. Well, who scam? told me? I was there. Okay, you were there. In what Paris. happened? What happened? We, Tell me what, a gentleman we were there in two thousand. Said, would you like to see my wiener and some bechamel sauce? We were there in two thousand eight. He opened I a believe. coat and showed it to you. And 2008, 2010, somewhere time around there. Oh yeah, that was before the the problems. The big bechamel, bechamel, the bechamel shortage. Yes. So yeah, and that was we were there, of course, and we went uh, on the. We attempted to go on the cheap, but you cannot travel to Europe on the cheap. Okay. Just so people know that, unless you're students living in hostels. But when you're traveling with young children or mm-hmm. girls who are just like in the beginning of high school and still in elementary school, you cannot. You cannot like live in hostels and stuff. You have to get a hotel. You got to pay for your plane fare, and then you got to feed these suckers. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was that we did not eat in restaurants. We just would buy food from street vendors. So we lived on cre- crepes, crepes, and we lived on uh, what I what I always thought of as Parisian hot dogs, which which when we were eating them there were hot dogs on a bun with uh, bechamel sauce. Okay, so here's what I got. Okay. I've got a listing, basically, uh, from Bon Appetit magazine. Yeah. Of every type That's of... That's from New York, anyway, but okay. Okay, well, Appetit sounds... Uh, bon Appetit sounds... Sure does French. sound French, but it's a New York-based magazine. Okay, but so okay. you're not going to take this No, as, no, let's uh, go on. Go on. Let's, let's, okay. I'm putting that in as a... As so a I'm going to give caution. you... A, I'm going to go down a list of, uh, the, uh, of, of international hot dogs. Okay. Now, that's your Japanese hot dog. Mm. That's going to be... Do you like lists, everybody? Because we, uh, <laughs> we we're should. doing this. Uh, the show is listing. What I'm going to do is uh-huh. I'm just going to say hot dog names. And when you say stop, and I will tell you what's in that hot dog if you care. So I okay. won't have to say. So Japanese. Okay. Vietnamese. Wait, wait. I thought we were going to hear Japanese. Well, you, uh, you will. If you say stop, I will give you the Oh, I'm sorry. I said okay. I thought I would have to say stop. Okay. So you would like to hear what's in the Japanese Yeah, what's in the dog? Japanese one? Kewpie mayo and wasabi. You like that Kewpie mayo. Love it. Love it. It's changed my mayonnaise life. <laughs> and it's uh, All right. available for a reasonable price here. Vietnamese. Probably coriander. Uh, or yeah, you're right. Uh, sriracha, uh, uh, cilantro, or mm. coriander, and shredded carrots. I'll just go through these. Uh, <laughs> Korean. Okay. Wait, wait. Uh, that will have uh, kimchi in it. And? Oh, I don't know. Pickled isn't, cucumbers. Isn't kimchi enough? Okay. Uh, Parisian. Bechamel, bechamel sauce. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't oh be more, gosh. more fucking wrong. That's couldn't crazy. be more. Couldn't be miles. There's away. a. There's a, there was a restaurant here in Vancouver where you could go and yeah. have have what they call Parisian hot dogs with with bechamel sauce on them. Yeah, there is a there is a hot dog with bechamel sauce that I'll get to, but it is not a Parisian hot dog. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a clue. There is fruit on it. No, not in the one we have. But anyway, okay. brie and sliced pears. Ugh. That is a Parisian hot dog. No, La Mancha. La Mancha. Yeah, what do you think's on that one? Is this uh, like a Spanish one? Mm, not sure. I just know it's La Mancha. La Mancha. Um, that one has it has it has uh, egg. It would be wrapped in uh, serrano ham and topped with uh, manchego. Is that a type, cheese. type of cheese? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I should have said cheese. Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I guess salmon. Yep, that's right. Washington. Washington D.C. or Washington Washington State. State. Washington State has one ingredient on it. Has one ingredient? One ingredient on it. Again, it is fruit related. Is it an apple? Yeah, apple slaw. Apple slaw. Apple slaw. Okay. Southwest. Southwest. Oh, I guess it'll have chili on it. 
That would be uh, grilled uh, poblanos. Don't know how to pronounce that. And poblanos are chilies. Very good. And jack peppers. cheese. Peppers. And Yucatan. Yucatan. Uh, that would come with, um, well, first thing, it's not in a bun, but it's in a, in a corn tortilla. All right. And it comes with uh, cheese. That would be pickled onions and habaneros. <sighs> I should have said peppers. What was I how thinking? British. British? British style. Deep, deep fried. All right. That's uh, not true. But with okay, onions. Good. Comes with onions. Horseradish and sharp cheddar. Damn it. This one seems pretty obvious. Okay. Belgian. Belgian. You know, Belgian. What are they going to do? Yeah. What, what are they proud of, those guys? You can put chocolate on it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely right. You couldn't be right. Now, <laughs> fries and mayo. Is that what they're proud of? Fries and mayo? Belgian fries? They love their Belgian fries. Oh. Especially with the mayo. So much, yeah. Uh, Szechuan. Huh. Szechuan. Yep. It has uh, ginger. As uh, black bean paste and red chili paste. Damn. Chilean. It has chilies. Avocado, tomato, and mayo. <laughs> Damn. All right, I'm gonna skip. I'm getting thrown in for a loop here. What are you? Why are you skipping them? Um, They're boring. Surf and turf. Lobster or crab? Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep guessing. Keep going down. Oh, I guess go. oysters. No. Clams. No. Nope. Surf and turf. Surf and turf. So the hot dog is the is the uh, it's a, it's turf. turf. So the surf. So um, keep going down, 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 down. No, you don't have to go down, down. But it's like something that people would like to have on a nice hot dog. That would be a surf and turf hot dog. Shrimp? Yes. Oh. Bolognese. Bolognese. Yeah. Uh, meatballs? Bolognese sauce and grated Parmesan. That's what I meant by meatballs. English breakfast. English breakfast. Oh, that comes with baked beans. Yes, and? <laughs> Tomatoes? Crumple sausage. Sausage! That's right. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans comes with okra? <laughs> Red <laughs> beans and hot sauce. <laughs> oh, darn. Ah, Tabasco sauce. The best sauce. Cobb. Cobb. Oh, okay. So that comes, it's like split in four pe- four parts. It has uh, a hard-boiled egg. It has, uh, gre- uh, what is it called? Green goddess sauce. It has le- lettuce, and then it also comes with uh, bacon. You got two of the things right. Oh. It does come with iceberg lettuce, uh, tomatoes, crumpled bacon, and blue cheese dressing. Oh, blue cheese dressing. High tea. High tea. High tea hot dogs. High tea hot dogs. That's a weird High tea, high tea, high tea hot dogs. <laughs> high tea hot dogs. So it's served on a, on a uh, English muffin, and it comes with jam. Uh, the bun is yep. spread with cold butter and is topped with thinly sliced cucumber. Well, it, you always butter your bun. That's a well-known fact. Okay. Bun butter. And, uh, yeah, it was a uh, uh, croque, uh, croque madame. Croque madame the is the one that has bechamel sauce bechamel. on it. So I think you were getting a croque madame dog. I guess so. When you were there. But we just thought of them as Parisian hot dogs because they are called that at the restaurant on Robson Street. Oh, is that what they were called on Robson Street? Yeah. What was the restaurant on Robson Street? I can't remember. It had like a French name, you know. Yeah, like, we got to find that place. Like L.A. Vite or something like that. What? Like L.A. Vite or some kind of name like L-A-V, that. You know? yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to talk to Go those. quickly. Okay. All right. We got we to gotta go check that out. I don't out. know if it's still there because, as you know, Robson Street is a street that kills, eats its own. You know what they have now? Eats is, its young. Is they have the uh, big fluffy pancakes there now. Who does? The Where? Japanese pancakes. Where? Uh, on Robson Street. Okay. They probably sounded like we were in Avon Costello bit there for a bit. Who does? Where? On what? Yeah. What do they sound like? Hotcakes. What? The pancakes. What? What do they sound like? Hotcakes. Yeah. But what do they sound like? Is it creating a stir? It's creating a little flap. They're flapjacks. Exactly. Anyway, okay. and so anyway, uh, long story short, Dave doesn't know his way around a hot dog, but he enjoyed them at the time, sure. and uh, he he recommends bechamel sauce. I uh, do. I think that's very good. And what, what else do they put on the hot dog? Just the bechamel sauce? Yeah, I think that was it. Okay. It's pretty plain. 
I mean, they're cheap. That's why we bought them. It's absolutely fine. Cheap, cheap, cheap. What, what type of crepes would you have? Was it a savory or a sweet? Uh, sweet. Yeah, like usually with Nutella. Like usually with the Nutella on it. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the angle there. I was looking for. It's actually egg. Nutella, but anyway. Oh, sorry. What I was thinking about the newer. Yeah, I know you're thinking of the new one, but it's Nutella because it's named after hazelnut because it has hazelnut in it, so it's Nutella. So when they talk about it in French, what do they sound like? They say Nutella. <laughs> La Nutella. Yeah, don't tell me they don't mess it up with like a little. little, little <laughs> They're not messing it up. Yeah, they are. They're saying it the way they say it. No, it's not like it's like mustard, right? And they go like uh, mustard. Mutard. It's like, well, stop it. They say mutard. Mutard. Yeah, I know. They it leave sounds the like it's a very rude thing you're saying. Well, it must have the hat on it, though. If it has a hat on it. has a little, you know how they have the little, I don't know the name of the, the um, accent, but it's... Accent aigu, accent it's like a, No, those are the, the lines. But this one's a little kind of peaked, oh. peaked one, which indicates that there was once an S there. So if you look at the word chateau, okay. it'll have the little peaked accent over the A to All indicate right. that in the past there was an S between the A and the T. Chateau, or castle, Very as nice. you were. Uh, yeah, we, we did have a nice time. Uh, we stayed at a hotel where people kept, uh, and I say it happened four times. Someone tried to get into the uh, hotel we were in. Four times over four separate nights or four times in one night? Over two two nights. Over two, two nights. nights. Uh, and uh, sometimes I think it was the, the cleaning staff and sometimes I think it was just people randomly something and they actually had a key that somehow got them in. And they um, the, the chain stopped them. And That's then good. we would like yell. Because we were in <laughs> states of undress, and like yes. we couldn't go and answer the door. Yeah, and then they would shut the door after saying something French. Yeah, yeah, and then they would be gone. Pardon. Yeah, so that was disconcerting. Of and then we had to move. Uh, we had to move rooms because there was a bunch of mold in the one that we were in. That oh. was un- unpleasant. Uh, and then we uh, at one point got uh, stuck in a hotel. As a uh, hotel, sorry, we got stuck in a hotel, which is true. <laughs> you were stuck let in the hotel. Sp- be more specific. But let's see. The yeah. elevator in the hotel. Okay. And if you know European hotels, yes. those elevators are swinging big. They are not. I am lying right yeah, now. Yeah, you're lying. And yeah. then the lights went out and it was all like, oh, oh this is uh, creepy and that's disturbing. That's weird. Yeah. And so one we, of, hey, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Was one of you the devil? Oh, is this from that movie? Yeah. Which De- should, which called Devil. Been, which should have been called Elevator. Uh, and yet well, it wasn't. It's not the Pioneer ride, but okay. So uh, we push the uh, we push the button, uh, the alarm button. Okay. Which uh, sent a phone call to a service mm. that answers such things. Yeah. Uh, In French. Well, eventually, first of all, you get the hold music. Okay. So you hear the ring, 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 and then the. It's nice that It's nice it's a French Brazilian song. La femme de Ipanema. Femme de Ipanema et marché. Marché. Sur la plage. Hello, bonjour. And then the guy answers with yeah. French. Yeah. And we say, oh, we don't speak French. Hello. We, we speak no French. No, we don't speak French. Francais. No, dude, you don't speak any French. Francais. <laughs> Like, no, well, this ain't going anywhere. And finally, like, someone uh, who works at the hotel, like, pried the door open. Oh, okay. Got to climb out. I don't know how you'd say trapped or stuck. I can say La Censure is the elevator. How about uh, you don't need to say it because I pushed a button that's, like, the uh, thing. Like, it's not just a – I don't think it's just a random phone call. He doesn't know. Yeah, he should know. He doesn't know. Oh, the call's coming from an elevator. (laughs) And people are yelling at me. I wonder what could possibly be wrong. I wonder if it. I wonder if it identifies which elevator. It must do that. 
you would hope so. Yeah. Uh, and or you have to read a number off the elevator door. So yeah, anyway, that was that was the only bummer was uh, a yeah. little bit of that stuff. Here was a nice thing every every morning. Uh, you know, the French always appreciate you trying to speak their language. Right when you're in so the you dark, say, going you say uh, uh, je ne peux pas, je ne peux je ne pas je ne peux pas je ne parler I am not français. going to poo in your elevator. <laughs> right, no, if you I am going to get, poo in the elevator. Get to the elevator very shortly. <laughs> uh, and here's here's my uh, nerdy name dropping. Oh, is uh, every every morning mm-hmm. we would go upstairs to um, the free breakfast. Yeah, because it's all about the free breakfast sure, when you're sure. at a hotel. I mean, it's like yeah, that's a good money saver. Like, because yeah. uh, I couldn't find those bechamel hot dogs. <laughs> I think they exist. Were you? Uh, was this the Stan Freeberg breakfast? He's been dead for many years oh i'm sorry i apologize for bringing him up and making okay. you sad he's very, many years he's, <laughs> you, he's you brought away. him up first but i, I didn't did. realize nice, it was a uh, memory i didn't realize it was a sensitive shared topic. A thing and i bought you a book and it was a signed book and i think we all had a nice time talking about that and i looked up some information about him yeah and then all of a sudden for some reason you were uh bringing up the f- brought, his name brought, up, brought his thing up and uh anyway he passed away uh four years ago and uh, ironically that. died in an elevator Oh. Trying to get the attention of somebody. Huh. Uh, just want to get help me out of the elevator. <laughs> Pourquoi? Francais? Elevator. You know what the French say? Il est mort. They were right. Yes. That's right, because uh, they, they're big fans of more Drucker. <laughs> the cartoonist. <laughs> so, I go, uh, so we go to... Who isn't? Uh, so we go to get our breakfast, which is a nice breakfast. What do you have? I would have um, I would have French scrambled eggs, which are uh, a Do softer bechamel sauce. Uh, I bet if I'd asked. No, I think I, first of all, I think you were in Belgium. And <laughs> Maybe so. What a mix-up! So I'd have that. I'd have a little yeah. cereal. I'd have a croissant. Yep, very nice. Uh, that's how they pronounce it, croissant. Do they? They add the tea onto it. And uh, sure. <laughs> and uh, and I'd have a, a, a nice uh, hot chocolate. Okay. You have a little machine that makes the hot yeah. chocolate, and you have a little espresso, and have a shot of that in there. And you believe in miracles. Get going. Um, and to my uh, right, most mornings would be uh, Chris Claremont, and to my left, a couple of tables over, would be Jim Starlin, both of who uh, P and mm-hmm. I casually know. Huh. Chris Claremont, uh, creator of many of the X Men characters you enjoy. Yeah. And uh, Jim Starlin, creator of Thanos. And you oh. think like, well, he doesn't want people uh, bringing up Thanos. Yeah. See, you know? did he also create so, Adam Warlock? Or yes, no? he did. Okay. But uh, just finishing this story yeah. before we go off track. Sure. Uh, <laughs> he was wearing a shirt uh, that said uh, Thanos 2020. So it's basically oh. like a button saying, yeah, yeah. "Ask me about Thanos." Yeah, sure. sure. So, so he was he was down with it. He yeah. was he was having a good time with that. And he just wanted to turn to Chris and go just like, "Oh man, they can't make a Dark Phoenix movie that's good to save your life, huh?" Holy shit. Did you see that one with Thanos, though? Right, Jim? Your Thanos movie's great. Oh, man. That made more money than anything. His movie. But with yours with the Dark Phoenix. Twice. Twice it shit the bed. Fucking God, huh? I, I didn't mind right, Dark Phoenix. I didn't mind Dark Phoenix. Hey, uh, my friend Dave, though, apparently uh, thinks a Parisian hot dog has bechamel sauce on it. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. Oh, he also liked uh, Dark there. Phoenix. Which of which the Dark Phoenix movies the did The last like? one. He liked it. Yeah. He liked it. Yeah, What's that? Yeah. Well, okay. Wait a second. Let me ask him. Did you prefer the Thanos movie? You prefer? Uh, oh, you prefer yeah. Endgame? No. Let me just tell Chris. I'm going to tell Chris that. Endgame Chris, okay. he says he prefers. 
Uh, like, the uh, Thanos movie to your Dark Phoenix movie, even though he uh, I, was no, fine not, with it. Not Endgame, but Infinity Wars is better. Sorry, I got to go talk to uh, Jim Starlin. Jim, <laughs> Jim, uh, I'm just I've got Dave on the line here. He's I'm talking to him in the future. Yeah. Hold it. Um, which one did you like more? Infinity Wars. You liked the Infinity War more yeah. than you liked the Endgame? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, how about the Avengers? The first the Avengers movie because Thanos was in that a little bit. I didn't know who he was. I thought he was a crawl. Did just thought he was a, a crawl. Yeah. So they're called scroll, a scroll, scroll. Yeah, he thought he was a, in the movie Crawl. <laughs> he thought it was a totally different movie. That's right. Yeah, that's so what he thought. Was that Chris? Poisonous Forest. Yeah, well, you know, there was a lot of X Men movies. That's good. Are you? Hey, Chris. Though, buddy, let me just say this: uh, uh, Legion. That TV show is really good, and you co-created that guy. Good for you, right? Huh, Jim? Come on, Jim. Cut him some slack. Jim, he needs this. His movie didn't make billions of dollars. Jim! Ah, Jim. He's fine. Jim's Jim's cool. You cool? Y'all cool? Okay, I gotta go back to the future with my friend Dave. Okay, how do I have a time machine? <laughs> I, I've said too much already. Okay, goodbye, goodbye guys. Oh, I forgot my, uh, I forgot my eggs. <laughs> that's, uh, that's forgot your French eggs. Yep. So I'm, well, I'm glad that you enjoyed your breakfast and also talked to those people. I did. A little bit. Yeah, I know them both kind of casually. Was Chris and- Claremont wearing a fedora? No, no, he was wearing a nice crisp white shirt. Oh, nice! And uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was a very, very nice fellow. He uh, admired my notebook. Oh, he said uh, to me, "I'm a bit of a notebook slut." <laughs> okay, and I was like, "That seems a little over the." It's interesting. You can say I'm a little bit of a notebook enthusiast. Or nope, slut. I'm a notebook fan. Nope, slut. Yeah, it seems that's what he went with. And I went, "All right, okay." This is, this Are is you saying you're going to cheat with my notebook? I'm just saying this is the guy who created the Hellfire Club. Mm. So you know, he might like a little bit of. You know, who knows sure. what he's likes, you know, and it's fine. No one can see. He wrote, he wrote some of my favorite comic books of all time. Dark Phoenix. I, at the time, holy cow, that story just blew me away. Sure. Holy cow. Was there went, anything better went, than X-Men back then? Holy cow. I think if you went back and read it now, you would be, it would have less. I have read it now. Oh, it's not quite as good? Uh, you know what? It is better than you expect. Okay. Yeah, it's got a good consistency. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, some of the humor, maybe, uh, uh, you know, because humor doesn't age as well as anything else, but the melodrama. Still laughing uh, at the okay. Brothers. Something. Uh, are we, though? I am. Yeah. But that, yeah. How many Marx Brothers posters do you see hanging up in people's rooms? I had two when I was a kid. I know you did. We're not talking about you. <laughs> and I'm talking about now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can, we can get a little bit into that, into, into, into humor. We can get into a little humor talk if you if you if you're down with that. <laughs> Why is this like, no, just like throwing down the gauntlet or something? No, it's just something I've been thinking about lately. Okay. okay. Um, whereas, okay, and that's enough French talk and me name dropping uh, uh, comic book folks. But uh, uh, did you see uh, Margot Motin while you were there? Who is that? She's a, a, a cartoonist, a French cartoonist. No, I did not. Okay. What 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 has she done? She mostly does web, web comics. Okay, bringing up a lot of web comics. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's send, how you find these people. Send me some links. I will. All right, good. I will. Um, I dare you. I was just thinking about. Uh, okay, here's here's where my line of thinking was going. Sure. Uh, was was going with a you know because the, the discussion got brought up uh, quite a bit of uh, like uh, Scorsese and Coppola saying the Marvel movies were like no no good and that kind of thing. I'm like, sure. all right, that's all fine. Yeah, that's all well discussed territory. Just an, just an opinion. But the I think uh, it sort of connected to me to uh how you never have a comedy film 
ever uh, nominated really for best picture, or it rarely ever happens. It's not an appreciated thing, although yeah, it's very hard to do. That's right, and I think that's the thing with the Marvel movies as well. Is they're all quite funny, and so that's a that's a strike against them. That like anytime you add a lot of comedy to something you do, people go, well, then that's easy and that's cheap and that's and that's what have you. Uh, and so you don't get the Academy Award nominations. Those have to be for serious things that yeah, are yeah. serious and that's sure. serious art that's serious. Even though a lot of times the comedy stuff is what you keep in your heart and you love the most. But fair enough. Fair there has been some comedies that have done have Oscars. Ha, has there been a comedy that has won? I don't think ever won Best Picture, but have had actors you know nominated. True, that so. actors who have done sure, yes. Yeah. But it's it's unusual that like this is it a does whole, not get into the Best Picture category. Yeah, no. and because because it's friv- it's frivolous. That's right, and much like you know they say. The Marvel films are a roller coaster ride. It's yeah, it's just a good time. Yeah, they're frivolous. You're just, just having a goofum, a goofum, goofums. They are also frivolous, even yes. though you know that's of course hot nonsense and bullshit. But <laughs> that made me that made me think about how a lot of times though the dramatic films age a little better than the comedic films because comedy. Some of them. Everything is a sum. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. There's yeah. no absolutes. Sure. But in general, comedy is an answer to uh, the status quo. It is a response to what is going on. Okay. And it does not age that well because the thing it's responding to goes away. Yeah. And so it's just the answer Mm -hmm. uh, floating there. And so... You go, like, oh, you, you watch like an animal house now. And okay. you go like, well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. These guys are just a bunch of jerks. But you have to go, oh, it was responding to yeah. you know, uh, the, the status quo at the time. And it was uh, it was rebelling against that. But then yeah. all these people became kind of the status quo later. Mm-hmm. So it's a rebello against a rebel against a rebel. And it was like, oh, boy, it, it, poor comedy. <laughs> it's, uh, you know. You know, it's it true. can come back. Yeah. It can come back over time and you can appreciate it for what it is. But uh, quite often, especially something like stand-up comedy, it's very difficult to watch an old stand-up comedy special uh, because those age especially badly because they are very much a direct response to what was going on at the time. Mm. And then when that, you know, you're hearing the answer to a question, then you don't, eat, but, but, but you're not hearing the question. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's true. Uh, <sighs> And I guess does that make comedies that do stand like do last? Is that admirable? When it's hard to know though. Like sometimes they become immortal. Something like the Marx Brothers become become immortal over time. But yeah. I'm going to bet if you're looking at their popularity, they probably took a dip at a certain point and then yeah. rose again. And, and then they'll they'll happen over time. I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, the Marx Brothers definitely made a big comeback in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it was just it fit in well with the you know what the, the rebellion sure. kind of you know of uh, the rebellion that kind of had a, a nonsensical side to it as well. Like right. you think of a of a of a contemporary comedy group at the time. Speaking of something that maybe doesn't age that well, like Far Side Theater. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you listen to them now, like the references and things are so of their time that it's hard to connect to it if you're not from that time. Like not it, like you don't have like an intimate knowledge of that time period, and you listen to Far Side Theater, you have a little bit of a Huh? Yeah, I know a couple of people have tried to introduce folks to Mystery Science Theater. Mm-hmm. And if you were not used to watching kind of boring movies yeah. on TV, yeah. then the idea of watching a boring movie with people commenting over it, well, what's the point of this? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's mostly boring. What's, mm-hmm. What is this? And it's like, yeah, you don't get what sure. the context was for this. It also depends, like... Even though at the time it was like, uh, I, I, very few things made me laugh harder than Mystery Science Theater. It's very difficult, though, to introduce it to people now. Yeah, and I guess I was lucky that, well, I don't know if lucky, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, my daughters watched it with me when they were growing up. So they have a particular particular love for it. And that's, yeah. And, and same with Marx Brothers, you know, they 
that was something they did watch with their dad. They sat sat with daddy on the couch and watched the Marx Brothers. That was something they did when they grew up. So, like, their experiences are a lot different than most people, I think. But, I mean, it's so hard to... I mean, we live in a time, and I don't want to say people are ignorant, but it's just that we live in a time where there's so much access to so much stuff that that things are just sort of disappearing in, in a way, like, from people's attention. And so there's some people who are going to discover it. They're going to go back and they're di- going to discover... Like, if you watch TCM at all, which is, you know, all old movies, there are you know, old movie nerds that will go on the cruises and stuff like that, that TCM put on. And they're young people. They're not old, sure. they're not yeah, old yeah. fogies. They're like young people who have found these films and it really speaks to them. But, you know, there's lots of people out there that this, it's meaningless. It's a lot like them. music. There's yeah. people who always find the older stuff. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I try to... It doesn't like, devalue it. And just because it's a minority taste doesn't make it less than or, or you know, or better than. No, uh, but I think it, it often comes to... You know, one side, okay, say with like a mystery science theater, mm. the people uh, go, uh, who like it going like, why don't you get this? It's great. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why don't you get this? <laughs> and the other people are going, it's so boring. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, don't, I don't get this. Sure. And I think the factor that very seldom gets brought up is when was this introduced? Not just, okay, first of all, when was it introduced as in created? Yeah. And then when was it introduced to you? Mm. Because comedy to really connect with you has to respond to something that you are feeling. Yeah. I think. It can't it just doesn't something can't just be it's just funny. Just look at this funny thing. Hmm. You know, uh I don't know about know, that. You know, it's uh Buster Keaton is hilarious. Yeah. But can also be one of the most boring things in the world if you don't have the right context or or, or what have you. Sure. You know? I can't think of uh like anything that you just go, this is just straight funny. A person okay. falling, a person falling down. Oh yeah. no! Oh no! They hurt themselves. That's <laughs> no, funny though. Or it's funny, yeah, because yeah. you know. Oh no, no! This person isn't really hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. Or I know. Oh, this person who's falling down is a is a, a politician who's a real asshole. Yeah. And he was about to do something awful, and now he's fallen down, and that's hilarious because he deserves it. That's great. I think. It, or whatever. I think it depends. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, it depends who you are. I don't think it requires any special circumstances. I think it just depends on your sense of humor. You know, like when I was in grade six, our teacher showed us The Gold Rush, the Charlie Chaplin film. Right. I'm sure for most of the people in that class, it, it has had no impact on them. They probably don't even remember seeing it in that class. Right. But for me, it was a, a real watershed moment in my life. I saw a silent film and I just loved it. And I sought out silent films from that point on. As something, as comedies, obviously, silent movies that are dramas I find really boring. But the... Silent films, I just loved them from that point on. I would, and because I, I think you had some context to something. Like there was something, but I didn't know who Charlie Chaplin was when no, I saw no, that movie. Like that's that's fine. But there was something about but, you. But I have a sense of humor, so that well, uh, but a sense of humor. I mean, everyone's got a sense of humor. Not everybody. Well, not everybody. Again, absolutes, no absolutes. But like, it has to. He doesn't be, know my mom. It has to be something that I bet there's stuff that makes your mom laugh. Yeah, but it's not like she has a sense of humor. She's just laughing. <laughs> That's it has to be a sense of humor, mm. unless she's got that Joker disease. I once once sent stood at a bus is stop. Is your mom the Joker? I once was at a bus stop, and there were some some ladies there, some older ladies there, and they were just laughing their heads off, and nothing they said was funny, but they were all laughing at what each other was saying. Okay, so hard, yeah. but there was nothing like com- comically funny about it. No, because you're not getting the years of context of like them knowing each uh, other. I guess like it's the end of a joke that you have not that's been building for years. You just uh, you just haven't been around for that. Where was I? I was somewhere wasn't with you this is like yesterday i think okay and i was doing something what was i doing oh my gosh my my brain um i was anyway it doesn't matter but i was getting something with some other people and we were like making these 
dumb jokes and mm-hmm. making the clerk laugh. Yeah. You know, cause, but he was laughing at what we were saying, not because he was like trying to, you know, it was just we were being actually funny. They were actually funny yeah. jokes. They weren't just like private comments to no, each other. No, they were landing. Some, yeah, yeah, you were yeah. connecting. But I wish I could remember what it was about now or where it was. What happened? Where was I? What did I do yesterday? I can't even remember anymore. How strange. That's all right. What a memory. No, some people are probably laughing at that. <laughs> if they can relate to it. Perhaps. No, it's just something. It is something that in, that interests me, like on a, a, a macro. Like I said, a maybe macro, a, maybe I'm unusual. On a macro level. But when you saw Woody Allen, did, did it have any context to you as a kid? When you saw what was the first Woody Allen film you saw? Um, probably Sleeper. Okay, that, that was the second one I saw. But yeah, yeah. And so I liked the uh, I liked the physical jokes. And I think I remember one of the earliest Woody Allen things I saw was him in a band where uh, like a marching band where he, he he had a chair and he had to bring the chair and take people, the money and run. Yeah, and then because uh, of the instrument he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like that was a that was a that was a good joke. Yeah. Uh, I watched. That's the first Woody Allen film I saw. Was I watched the money Annie and Hall. I think with my folks around, so I couldn't enjoy that because <laughs> there's a lot of jokes about oral sex, and I got to watch that later, and I I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I look at people's reaction to something like Python, mm-hmm. you know, and that can come across just as way too dry for a lot of people. Again, it, I, I think it like where's where's your starting point because it it's 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 almost like uh, it's a chemical reaction, and you need something mm. for it to react yeah. with. And I don't think there's just some uh, just some basic. You've got a sense of humor. You don't have a sense of humor. You. I mean, I think people can be more open. To a variety it's of possible. things. I mean, maybe watching Warner Brothers cartoons makes you, cartoons makes you more attuned to that sort of humor. So that when I saw the Marx Brothers for the first time, and the same year I saw Monty Python for the first time, both of them absolutely spoke to me, like right away. Like yeah. I immediately went, zing, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I just have to find more of this. And maybe, maybe you know, Warner Brothers cartoons sort of gets you, gives you some sort of, gives you that wavelength that you can tune into that humor. I don't know. I had a thing, um, but I had no like when I saw Monty Python for the first time. I was just like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is so hilarious." Yeah, I, I agreed. There was something about Monty Python. That, mm-hmm. I think I think that might have been because we watched a lot of British shows with my grandparents. Okay. You know? So I'd watch like a Coronation Street. Yeah, I never did. And I'd watch like a Masterpiece Theater. And then when you had the same thing but hilarious, yeah, it was especially hilarious because I'm watching it kind of with the same context but yeah. it's like this you know and also I, I loved cartoons so because it had cartoons in it yeah it was a thing this is a weird thing to kind I of i mean i think you're right i do think that i do think humor is time specific in lots of ways but i think it also is a transcendent thing too you it know? can be both but i think there's also it's almost like fashion whereas fashion goes in they say 15 year cycles okay and then something like you know bell-bottom pants well these are the dumbest things in the world well see in 15 <laughs> years and then they're back and it's like there you are but i think uh that that happens too with with humor yeah you know the things will take a dip and they'll go away and this kind of uh it's, it's wry sarcastic humor and that goes away and then sincere humor shows up for a while and then uh, then broad jim carrey you know crazy comedy shows and then it uh, then it changes and then it comes back again because there's also a nostalgia too for stuff that you used to like in the past and yeah. you, you know you miss you miss your youth so this i was just gonna say like this, i think all of those oh, exist at the same time <laughs> sorry i've tried this three times okay sorry and i just want to just get, get this out and then okay. i'll just say it because it's awkward for me to bring this up uh i've had this happen a couple of times in the last little while where i i started doing the simpsons comic book like 20 years ago okay so there's now been a generation that's grown that grew up with it and this happened just a couple of days ago when I was in was, was in Paris was 
someone was a fan of my wife's and then noticed that she had done some work on the Simpsons comics. Yeah. And that blew them away because they grew up with the Simpsons comic. It was basically they couldn't watch the TV show. They weren't allowed to, but they could read the comic, which a lot of kids, that was the, that was the case. And so this yeah. was their Mad Magazine. This was their funny thing that they read that they laughed at yeah. and that their parents laughed at as well. And it was huge. And then she mentioned, oh, he used to write the comics. And so I wrote these, like, that just blew them away yeah and i was like a rock star to them <laughs> and it was like oh that's nice i've had that happen a couple of times in the last little while just because of the way the generation's kind of going sure sure um there was someone who uh was reviewing exorcisters um they were doing they were doing like an improv show and part of their improv show was they did this little podcast where they went out and bought each other comic books uh, these two these two people and so one of them was exorcisters and then they were uh you know were reviewing them and talking and they really like exorcisters but they were talking about how uh they grew up with simpsons comics okay they were going through all these specific simpsons comics that like shaped their lives yeah and it was like i wrote all of those <laughs> and they had no idea that i wrote them even though they were reading the exorcisters comic that i wrote yeah completely unrelated to that and so yeah i wrote them a little note just going oh yeah i wrote that stuff and it was like what the hell and, and <laughs> it was just such a strange thing but that was of the of that kind of era sure and that's and i think like that uh you know the, those that grew up on whether the simpsons comics or simpsons that shaped them in in, in a way that you know, yeah yeah they, they they i'm sure at some point then they went because you know they grew up <laughs> and did that but yeah i don't even know what i'm saying but I'm, I, I, that was just a, you just wanted to a, say that it was a weird thing yeah because it yeah. sounds like i'm doing a, a brag but it's more like i'm just fast no, but it was more of a humble brag good good stuff i'm glad to hear that or humble brag <laughs> as they say <laughs> L- there lumble brag but it's uh it's just it's just a really interesting yeah thing to me like sure. I, I i was at sorry i know you've got things to say too but mine are more important yes, i was um we know I was at my niece's uh, birthday, yeah, and she's turning fourteen, and my mm. nephew is sixteen, and they want to show me what they find funny, mm. and it's uh, it's all YouTube videos. There's nothing yes. on television. There's nothing. There's no funny movies. Yeah, there's yeah. no funny anything except YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, they're of the age, and it's uh, it's for the most part, it's people making fun of infomercials, mm. and it was like flex tape. It was just this guy who was just going on. I would show a clip of like the infomercial for Flex Tape, and then he'd just yell at the screen and was like, what, "What are you? What are you crazy? What are you crazy?" And they were just like dying laughing. I'm like, oh, "Okay, so this is your context. Yeah, your yeah. reality is you watch a lot of these, you know, uh, info things when you're on YouTube. You, yeah. see, you see them there before the things you like, you know them, and so it's someone yeah. actually addressing it and going in. It. It's like that's that's what it is for you. Yeah. And I can't yeah. go. Oh, your stuff's dumb. You should watch a half hour." show and you'll get it it's fine that's what it is Hmm. i was gonna say i think that all those comedies you described exist at the same time but yes each each has its time in the sun and then they and they kind of step back and the other one might maybe moves forward and but there's always sentimental comedy there's always broad comedy there's always yeah this sort of thing happening but it's just it depends what yeah what where the audience is at that time i guess it's weird what it wants to hear people when you know there was there was basically three channels in the states, and you know you'd, you'd have sitcoms, but you'd have you know have all in the family, which was pretty racy, mm-hmm. pretty racy. But then you know you'd have the cleanest things as as well. All you could you couldn't you couldn't swear. You could do a racial slur, yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't swear, and all had to be pretty clean. Meanwhile, people are going to the movie theaters and watching Deep Throat. You know that was a thing. Like that was a thing. Like yeah. people would go 
downtown and like, hey, you want to go see that porno? Yeah, sure. And then let's go back home and watch the three channels where you can't swear. Yeah. Because of course that's television and what and what have you. And it's like it's just so that's so bizarre to me. Just like, was Deep Throat really that popular? I think it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. I think it was a cultural phenomenon, but I don't. I think more out of curiosity than out of. Uh, oh yeah, it didn't last. Yeah. Because it's weird people, to go and watch. First exactly. of all, it's boring to watch a porno for 90 minutes. It's like, Very boring. Got it. They did the got one, it. They did it once at the Rio. Yeah? They did uh, Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, did they show it at the Rio? Yeah. And I was I t- I talked to someone about it, and I was like, well, how was it? And they went, well, pretty bad. Because it's not really a movie that you watch. A, in a, you want to watch in a crowd. Right. And it's not a movie that you would watch for very long. Oh, and you almost want to, like... Do the gentleman heckler thing over it. That would be better. I think that would be a better context. But even then... There is a thing, too, where it starts off with them all with very bad uh, sunburns. That's a weird thing. Like, they start off and they lose the sunburns. I've never seen the movie, but okay. Yeah, like, I don't know if they shot the scenes later. Okay. But, like, I'll tell you, there was was one time, like, a a friend of mine was working in a... a, an adult uh, store, yeah, and was saying like, "You ever, you ever see Debbie Does Dallas?" And I was like, "No, I've just heard about it." I'm like, "Yeah, they all got really weird sunburns off the top. Like clearly, they all did a shoot, yeah, and and didn't prepare, uh. and so they've got." And it's and once you see that, you just can't get your eyes off it. Of just like, oh, are they okay? <laughs> they all, oh, they got really bad sunburns. Oh, yeah. there's nowhere to hide those either. Oh, poor things. Then of course the sunburns heal. Yeah, yeah The other Mirac- scenes were shot later on. Okay, or yeah. before. Yeah. Either either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were, they were, of, they were they were fine. Out of continuity. That's just I weird. can't believe they wouldn't do a porno in continuity. Hmm. Strange. Yeah. Me. Do they even care? <laughs> what about the character they growth? have a they have this they have a script girl who keeps track of all the changes in the script and makes sure everything's in continuity you know oh don't forget your and they take pictures of everyone at the end of the scene so their hair is in the right place for these or the next no they don't they don't at all yeah i just wonder like with something like okay so something like a deep throat where it was a it was a movie that would play like first of all they didn't build new new theaters for this mm. they showed in theaters like they're already existing okay. theaters, okay. right? Because they wouldn't. They wouldn't just like, hey, you know what? This one movie is doing well. Let's build a full depends movie Depends on the town. Some towns, of course, you could not have the movie in it at all. Okay, that's true. But if you could, yeah. you show that it was there. You just wonder at what point, you know, the theater owners just like look at each other and just go, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Did they, did they do that? What are we doing? No. If they didn't do that when they were playing The Gods what Must Be Crazy for the six months. The six months of Gods Must Be Crazy, they must have looked at each other and went, what's going on? Yeah, but like, this, uh, but it's God's not even a good movie. Crazy. It's, it's not like a theater full of raincoats. <laughs> but it's, it wasn't, though. Because if Deep Throat was that appealing to people, and it was like yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Suburbia coming into town yeah. to see this movie they heard about. Yeah. They went and saw it, and they went, they left, and they went, well, that was interesting, Frank. Because like, <laughs> I guess so, Ethel. I don't know what everyone's talking about, but I found it a little dull. And also, it wasn't very well filmed. The cinematography was terrible. Oh, they are film buffs. Yeah. Okay, that's good. It's nice to know they're coming out and seeing theater. I think it almost was a stunt thing to do. Like, we're going to go, yeah. you know, hey, we're all going to try peyote. Like, it's just like <laughs> something, right? Like, we're all going to do this tonight. We're going to go and see this thing. And then let's not make eye contact for the entire evening. Yeah. Let's just, like, really sit down and just, like, just lock eyes on the screen and then, like, not look to the left. And not look to the right. Yeah. And hey, you know those snacks we bought? They're gonna go cold. <laughs> They're gonna remain on the. This is not a popcorn. I movie. would put them. I would put them on the floor, but I'm not putting anything on the floor. So I'm just gonna hold these 
tighten my grip. I thought you said it's a regular theater. It is a regular theater. Well, what's wrong with the floor? Or just a regular theater floor, you mean? It's a regular theater. Spilled pop and all this stuff. I'm just assuming some other people have been enjoying this movie in a different way. (laughs) I think, I don't know. I just feel like, I'm sure that 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 happened, but I feel like... If it was a cultural phenomenon, then it was like a, that that weird thing where people are just like going to see it out of curiosity. Yeah. No, it definitely was out of curiosity because then yeah. people stopped going. Yeah. And then some of the theaters remained and then, did, you know, then, you know, the hardcore it was, fans. It wasn't really the first of that. Wasn't there like Behind the Green Door or something that came out before that? The Swedish film? People the went to see that Marilyn movie? Marilyn Chambers thing, yeah. Is that Marilyn Chambers? I Maybe I think so. of a different movie then. Yeah, I don't know. I'm no expert on these things. Let's call it Robin Bougie. Okay. Get him on the line. Robin, let's talk about the history of porn. Let me go, let me go get him. <laughs> I he... found Cliff Nesteroff. Oh, you found him. But yeah. What did he have to say about porns? Oh, damn it. I forgot I to ask porns. him about that. I just said porns. I asked him about Stan uh, Freeberg. Wait a second. Let me ask him about porns. <laughs> ask him all about porns. He said, did you say porns? <laughs> I did. This is, yeah. Terrible... He said, if he says porns, I'm not answering the question. <laughs> Fuck. No, I misspoke. I didn't mean to turn. I don't know why I turned into a plural thing. It was. I guess what we're saying is, yeah. uh, to everything there is a season. There is a season. Turn, turn, That's right. turn. That's right. For a while, it's deep throating. <laughs> After it's then it's the Marx then Brothers. It's, then it's Cunnilingus. Then it's Felicio. Then it's back to Marx Brothers. Yeah, and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable. Well, I'll, that's what I'll put I my think. clothes back on then. All right, sounds good. Um, and I'll take the mop off. So, sounds also good. Uh, we've been doing uh, questions of the week uh, yes. every every week, except we didn't um, two weeks ago. But that was because we did uh, two episodes back to back. Yeah, and, and so we knew we wouldn't get your we, questions. We wouldn't get the questions. Yeah. And so I'm not sure how far back we have to go with the uh, answers to said questions uh, here. Uh, but, uh, but let's go with, uh, last week's. And if we've missed any, you just go, Hey, what, what, <laughs> uh, we did a, we did a whole, uh, thing about, uh, children of the corn. We plotted out a whole children of the corn thing, uh, last week. And we asked, uh, for notes, uh, because you know, there, there you are. Uh, that's the kind of thing we do. Uh, also we asked, what's your favorite Stephen King book? And so, uh, Matthew, uh, Sanborn Smith said, no notes on Children of the Corn 10, but if it takes off, may I suggest you set 11 in a movie theater and call it Children of the Popcorn? Mm. Yes. Sure. But I'm not going to put it on the floor because it was once a porn of theater. <laughs> That's where they showed porns. Yeah. Uh, Dylan writes, uh, my wife has some foot trouble and would probably watch Children of the Corn, the plastering. <laughs> also, why is no one oh, mashed dear. together uh, Fields of Terror with Fields of Dreams? Field of Dreams. Yeah, why not? Get on it. Get on it. Fields of nightmares. Okay. Our friend uh, Louise uh, wrote us, I'd like to see a spin-off uh, film series about the perils of white people appropriating other cultures' hairstyles while on vacation. Sorry. That is, that is the heaviest setup I've ever heard. <laughs> Let me... I got to back the car up and take another drive. This. Okay. I got to back the car up and take another drive at this one. Yeah, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, I got a clear road. All right. <clears throat> Again okay, here. here we go. I am very jet lagged. Yes. All right. We Which know. is why I'm talking about porno and all this <laughs> I apologize to the listeners. Please, please don't cancel your they're, pa- they're Patreon. All, they're all growing ups. Louise writes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see a spin-off series about the perils of white people appropriating other cultures' hairstyles while on vacation. Okay. 
Children of the Cornrows, mm. followed by Children of the Cornrows 2, The Tightening, and Children of the Cornrows 3, The Unraveling. Mm. That's what you call the comedy of threes. <laughs> well done, Louise. Thank you, Thank Louise. Thank you so much. Uh, I got scolded by... I, that joke would have someone. killed last year. Oh, would it? Mm. I got scolded by our friend Nina, uh, the third dragon, uh, saying that the uh, that I was uh, perpetuating a myth mm. about the daddy long legs having uh, fangs too small to unleash uh, its its ferocious venom. its deadly deadly venom. And uh, I looked into this, and okay. and, and again, uh, MythBusters did cover this, and they said it was a myth. Okay, where the story comes from was it sounds uh, like a lot of uh, back uh, back when uh, rationalizing there was a daddy daddy long legs. Yep. Uh, found a very tiny gun. <laughs> is that what it's came yeah, from? Yeah, and it it, it, okay. sh- it was just it it was a tiny yeah. tiny shooting spree, but the bullets mm. were so small yeah. that it didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but again, it's it's very deadly. The, the guns are deadly. Sure. But the bullets were just too small, they and were... so people went, "Oh, you mean like their fangs?" And they went, "Yeah, I guess." Oh, okay. So yeah. That's how that came about. That was that was how that came about. Wow. There you are. <laughs> Are you commenting on Revolver? What? What's happening? Anyway, sorry. I'm just uh, someone. Someone wrote in a comment about Revolver, so I responded. Very nice. Uh, so uh, we still get people writing to us about completely Beatles. We do. It's yeah. true. Uh, our friend uh, Vicky Van uh, wrote us. Uh, not didn't write us. We 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 just went out to a dinner uh, with her, and she had some notes on the Children of the Corn. Do you remember what those were? Because I am jet lagged. <laughs> Uh, yes, I do. Some of them were things that we had incorporated into the show because she okay. she wanted um, she wanted us to have uh, oh so her notes were that when they leave the hospital okay. to escape the children they end up having their final showdown in a cornfield mm-hmm. and she felt that the parents should and this is something that we brought up the parents should sacrifice themselves to save the the girl agreed now she wasn't clear like when I when I kind of asked her to. Uh, like, should they be? Should they sacrifice themselves to the children, or to the God, God itself? Yeah. So this this mysterious God that the children are worshiping. And then I brought up a thing to kind of uh, that the girl should. And this was something based on something I'd watched on YouTube uh, from a person talking about how a character in a movie, the main character in the movie, should not be replaceable within that film. Mm. So their experiences that they're having in the film should relate to that character. And so, and then also, characters in movies shouldn't have things happen to them. So that was one of our problems of the film: is that we had the the girl mm. as the victim of these of these children coming after her. Okay, but she's just a victim; she has no agency. Ah, okay, all right. And if fair that's a point, case, fair point. Then you're just a victim of your plot, fair and you're point. not a real character. And so I thought, was thinking about it, and I thought it would be better with her if her character, if she was a young, like a young, like a teenage girl with with a brother. And she intentionally joined these children in the corn, thinking that they would be like a, a kind of surrogate family for her because maybe they were foster children or whatever they sure. who had left a, a bad situation. We'll give her a backstory that will make sense. Sure. Okay, and then, right. and so she intentionally joined these children in the corn, not maybe sort of realizing that they were bad, but feeling like they were better than nothing. Yeah, that's right. So it was a weak spot in her life. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then she begins to become very uncomfortable with what is, is you know, this all this sacrificing and murder and stuff like that. And it starts to really weigh on her and she, she decides she needs to leave. But she can't convince her brother to leave. Mm. And so he becomes the main antagonist. He's the boy who breaks right, his arm with a rock right. in order to get to the hospital. Yeah. He's the hardcore yeah. 
believer and she's the non-believer who's trying to get away from so you this. Got a nice family dynamic. There. Yeah, and I think that would give her character more agency and uh, kind of create more more of a real dynamic in the in the, in the movie. I like it. Thank Thanks, you. Vicky. Uh, good good work on uh, on that. Uh, we uh, we also had uh, we, we were talking about how difficult it is to describe what this show is and uh, in a certain amount of words to new to new listeners. Yes. You know, what's what's Sneaky Dragon all about? And I say, well, we talk about uh, hardcore pornography. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. I, I do long lists of hot dogs. Yep, that's true. Um, I, I, I brag about French people liking my comics from 20 years ago. Okay, yeah. Something to brag about. End of list. <laughs> well, that's really short. That's basically it. Yeah, um, super short. But you you thought it might be uh, uh, there might be a challenge in that. That would be an interesting thing for. Uh... Well, it wasn't me. It was uh, listener Brent Tannehill wrote in. Oh, thanks, Brent. And Brent had said that because we didn't have a question that week, he felt like we should suggest. And but maybe he didn't realize the reason that we didn't have a question that week is that we couldn't suggest and have people respond. But he thought that people should write in. And I hope that you'll take part in this, Brent, since you suggested it. But he felt that people, uh, in 30 words or less, describe Sneaky Dragon. Okay. If that's possible. Okay. And I'm going to say I don't think it's possible to describe right. Sneaky Dragon in uh, in that. Sorry. No, it's okay. I was just looking to see. I just knew that we had a few other emails, and I just wondered what they were. But Sure. I, just, these... I thought you just went to sleep for a second. No, no. <laughs> these, those ones were all uh, based on... Uh, listening party well here's what here's what i'm gonna say if you do this uh 30 words or less description of sneaky dragon uh we'll send out a little sneaky prize pack we haven't sent one of those out for a while so to everyone who does it no what okay. are you crazy well, so was, everybody that's what i what the saying. hell are you talking about well, everybody you're you out of your fucking mind well, listen, everybody what, we made a thing i don't know Jesus what kind of Christ. promises you're making what the hell? excuse me <laughs> I found Robin Bougie. Oh, good. What did he have to say about porns? I don't know. He's talking with Cliff Nesterhoff. Oh, okay. I don't want to bother him. All right, him. let's not bother him right now. Okay, but here's the thing. We'll put a little uh, fun pack together. We'll do a random drawing of a uh, name, and uh, we'll, we'll send out a fun pack with some stickers and some comics. And yeah, that whatnot. sounds fun. So, uh, yeah, if you send in, here's the thing, 30 words or less. Uh, describe a Sneaky Dragon. How you would describe Sneaky Dragon? To, uh, to a friend or foe. Who you're attempting to convince to watch or a to faux, listen to the or show? Or a faux friend, a phony a friend, a faux friend, or a friend who likes faux. Or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that the Fantastic Four would be a good fantastic name for a restaurant. Huh? Yeah. And you get it. Uh, what would you like? I'd like. Uh, I like a clear broth. Yeah, that'd be the Invisible Girl one. Mm. You get some long, stretchy noodles. Yeah, that'd be like your Mister Fantastic. Yeah, your really hot, spicy one. That's your Johnny Storm. Okay. Human Torch. Yeah. And then you have to have one with uh, very lumpy. Uh, the one, the, the one with the one with cilantro in it. That would be the thing. That'd be the thing. Yeah. There you are. Uh, Too much cilantro or coriander. Are you, are you uh, one of those people that taste soap with your uh, cilantro? It doesn't taste soapy to me, but I don't like the taste of it. Okay. Does that mean it tastes like soap, but you don't like the taste of it? Mm-hmm. Ginger tastes like soap to me. Oh, okay. Like boiled ginger, like too much ginger. Like I'm, I'm okay with it if it's in like a little bit of ginger. Like I put ginger in pumpkin pie, for instance, mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's just a I, part of the mix of I taste. I drink uh, ginger in the morning with a little bit of uh, coconut water. I'll put a little of ginger in there for the, for the uh, you know, because I got to try and calm the stomach acid, and that seems well, to. Well, you should help. be uh, putting lime in the coconut. 
I've heard bad things. All about. I've heard bad things. Is that right? You went to the doctor? It's a confu- Look, that's a confusing song in that. <laughs> yeah. In that it's like it seems like the problem like is nonsense. you put the lime in the coconut. Yeah. But then yeah. the doctor gives you the advice yeah. of put the lime in the put coconut. Put the lime in the coconut, yeah. But that's the problem in it the is. first place. It is, I know. Unless you've now built well, up he's a saying tolerance. to you, but he's saying to you right. that you're not doing it right. Well, let me get this straight. Yeah. You put the lime in the coconut. You drank right. them both together. Yeah. You put the lime in the coconut. That's right. Then you feel better. Yeah. That's but right. But you were sick. You went and had a tummy ache mm-hmm. because you put the lime in the coconut. You put the coconut in the lime. That's not how the song goes at all. <laughs> You're just you're just now making up shit. <laughs> Nielsen Schmilson, everyone. Oh, Nielsen Schmilson. Good album. Wasn't there a Harry Nielsen song that just got released recently that was like a lost Harry Nielsen song? Oh, really? Song? I didn't know that. I believe there was, yeah. Wow. I believe that's, there, that's I believe exciting. there was. I'm going to... Well, there, it, I mean, there's, there's a lot of outtakes of his, from his music anyway. Right. But, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm not... I'm just not hope it wasn't one from Popeye. Oh, did he write Did he write the uh, mm-hmm. Popeye songs? Yeah. What are you going to do? What a... What a, a what a stellar group of people to put together <laughs> something that was we've not mentioned, good. We've mentioned this I before. I know, but man, this is the wrong director, I think. But I don't know if there's yeah, anyone. Yeah, it's like Altman, and then you got Robin Williams, and then you got Jules Pfeiffer, and then you got Harry Nilsson. Yeah. It's like I love everybody. I love Shelley everybody Duvall. in this. I got Shelley Duvall, Ray Walston. I, I love I love everybody, and it's <laughs> like I hope it's got a rubber octopus. Oh man, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, Harry Nilsson. Uh, uh, has a posthumous uh, album, uh, Lost and Found, uh, Lost spelt with two S's and uh. Found with two N's. Okay. Uh, and it. it's coming out in November. Uh, and uh, there you go. Yeah, we got uh, some. That's amazing because they put out like a box set of all his albums and every one of the albums had, had outtakes on it. So it's pretty amazing that they've found even more stuff by yeah. him that was not. Got released. two songs here uh, that are listenable now: uh, UCLA and Lost and Found. I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a listen. Please do. I do. I'm a big fan of Harry Nilsson. So uh, all right, who had a sad life in a way. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I am glad though that his work made uh, people happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know that's good, right? It's weird when people like. I guess his mom was like a bit of a grifter. He didn't have a dad. He didn't okay. grow up with a dad. His dad left home, like went out to get some bread, I guess, and never came back again. Mm. And then the mum kind of lived like, kind of like a yeah, like almost like a grifter kind of a life, like not really like greatest mum in the world. Was she uh, around when he got his fame later on? Um, I imagine they were still in contact with each other. But what happened was they moved to L.A. for a while. Like they lived in New York, and then they moved to L.A. And then she left L.A., probably under shady circumstances, but he opted not to leave. And he got a job working in the bank uh, as a computer, like doing the computer tech technician or whatever at a okay. at a bank like the it guy i'm glad he wasn't a computer that he spent his days as a computer, as a computer yeah like sort of the like sort of that that time period's it guy the, he had to like make sure the punch cards were punched properly i guess right but then he was um you know writing and selling music on the side like he was he sold songs to the, to the turtles and right and uh, there's a great demo of him selling songs to the monkeys so you can hear him talking to the monkeys and playing songs for them and stuff like that it's kind of a cool bootleg there's also a bootleg of his demos for the Popeye songs, which are quite fun to listen to as well. There are, uh, there are some songs. Look, if you can just split that movie up and just watch scenes <laughs> Yeah, from yeah, it, yeah. You're going to have a nice time. Sure, uh, for sure. Maybe it's an editing situation. I just think, I just think that Get Robert... Get rid of the rubber octopus. I think Robert Altman was... I think what Robert Altman should have produced it. 
like been the kind of executive yeah. producer or like sort of oversaw the design and stuff like that. But I don't think he was the right person to direct it. Right. Like his, I think his kind of loosey goosey style doesn't really work for comedy because comedy is unlike what people think. Comedy is actually like super. You have to be really, really. Cra- you have to really craft something to right. to be funny. You know, and like if you just kind of think that if you just throw a bunch of funny people in a room. It's going to be hilarious. And you get the talking over each other. You get, it's just too much, yeah. And it's weird with like Popeye, though, because Popeye, if you look at the old... Uh, it's just him, though. It's yeah. just Popeye talking. He is, is the narrator. He just walks along and mumbles. Uh, okay. You don't get olive oil. I mean, except when, like, when there's like something bad happening, she'll like, keep talking chaos. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She'll be like, talk- oh, Popeye, oh, what, what's going to happen to us, Popeye? Well, I'll come along and beat up both of you. You know, and it's just like, oh, that's, but then that's okay there. But when it's just, usually it's just him walking. Like if you think yeah. of like Sinbad. Right. Uh, Alibaba. Yeah. yeah, it's like him walking in a cave by himself. Like fighting the lion and By fighting. By the way, the... if you haven't seen those cartoons, wow, they are pretty neat. Yeah, they hold up. What a technique! Yeah, they really took it to places when they did the Gulliver's Travels as well. Like they had like whole cityscapes built that they would then animate in front of. If you yeah, listen. If you've just seen the later and listen, if you enjoy the later Popeye cartoons, bless your heart. That's fine. They're fine. They're fine. But if you're used to that, and then you see these Fleischer Popeye cartoons. Mm. The, the the those ones are pretty special. Like they're longer than the normal yeah. cartoon. They're like fifteen minutes long. But they yeah, visually they'll just send you to the moon. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah they're amazing. It's like it's again. It's like if you haven't seen the old uh, Fleischer um, Superman either. Yeah, those are very those are very. And you're used well. to oh nineteen sixties. I enjoy a Super Friends. Oh, oh <laughs> let me just show you what cartoons used to be like uh, early forties. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Let's take a look. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? What happened? <laughs> Did we lose the war? What happened? We lost what, the we what, lost the corporate war. What? 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 We lost the money in someone's pocket war. And also, you go like, "What happened to Fleischer?" Because clearly, these guys were geniuses. Mm. What are they not, doing now? Not great businessmen, unfortunately. Oh, there you go. That was a problem. And they tried to compete against Disney. Yep. And Disney's a businessman. They weren't. So they did. They did Gulliver's Travels, and I think they did one more film. And someone can write in and tell me, like as a feature film, and I just don't think it was right. successful. I, I'm just being very vague because I, I don't remember the exact details of, of it all. But and then yeah, then they got bought out by Paramount, bought their bought their studio, and they took over the Popeye end of it. But they stopped producing the more interesting things they'd been doing. Yeah, they did the Ink Pot ones where they out of the, the Inkwell, cl- yeah, out of the Inkwell. Sorry, yeah, Betty, like Boop. Betty Boop is classic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, some great stuff. And then when they started doing like the the animating on glass in front of in front of three D models and stuff, that's yeah, that's just crazy. They would use like turntables and things to like turn the so the whole set would turn, so the character would be going through yeah. its walking loop, and they would just have the they'd have the three uh, D model in the back on on a turntable that would turn in 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 you know in time with the animated elements. Yeah, they also had. Um... Uh, Mr. Bug Goes to Town. That was it. Yeah, that was her second film, I believe, that did not did not um, do well for them. Yeah, poor Mr. Town. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, whereas whereas Walt Disney was doing... But, I mean, the thing about Walt Disney is that when he did Snow White, like, the entire studio was on... was on... was, was at risk. Like, if a, Snow White had been a flop, that would have been the end of Walt Disney. Yeah. And the same when he did Fantasia. If Fantasia had been a flop, that would have been the end of Disney as well, because he just he basically just reinvested all the all his all the money that he made and other films into the next movie. 
I thought, uh, sorry, I thought there was uh, only two fancy Popeyes, but there's three. Yeah, there's three. Okay, so it was Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor. Yeah. Uh, Popeye the Sailor meets Alibaba's mm-hmm. 40 Thieves, and Popeye the Sailor meets Aladdin's Wonderful Lamp. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, let me just say now, if you uh, have a chance to see the new Aladdin movie or that Popeye film, see the Popeye film. It's better. <laughs> it's better. It's much better. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I might even link to it, everyone. Please do. Please uh, link link to that. I might even link to that. Yeah, so I, I saw the. I saw the. Uh, There's the a few things Aladdin we can link movie to. Movie in the uh, in the plane because uh, I had nine hours to kill each way, and uh, <laughs> that was not necessary. That film was well made uh, made like a billion dollars or something. I guess that's necessary. That's so, you just you so, just said why it's necessary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe a little more effort would have been nice in that thing. <laughs> uh, Will Will Smith's trying his best, and uh, you know, just let Gilbert Gottfried do the bird. What are you going to do? Wait. But they didn't have Gilbert Gottfried in the film. No, they had uh, Alan uh, Ziak uh, from um, you know uh, Serenity. That guy, mm. uh, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. There you go. Not yeah. Alan Zuck. That's the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller. What am I thinking? <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, recently... Uh, Ruck, by the way. Ruck. Alan there. Ruck. There you go. Uh, but uh, Alan... Tiddick? Tiddick. Yeah. Recently on Doom Patrol, doing a nice job on that. But okay. uh, not Gilbert Gottfried is the damn bird. Let him let him be the bird. I think he did something shocking that keeps him from... Uh... Still? Yep. Once, you've, once you're out, you're out, sir. Once you're out, you're none of the birds? You're, you're none of the birds. You're done. You know what? Make him, make him a they, bird again. They said Iago... Oh, lordy. What? Oh, lordy. All right. Did you hear? Okay. I'm just going to tell you a little joke I made at work today. I would love to hear a joke you made at work. I don't know if you saw this. Okay. It was on the news. It was oh, in Edmon- boy. Edmonton. Mm-hmm. There were some guys doing some window washing, and there was a huge storm. You can see. Uh, maybe I'll link to this as well. Okay. I have a lot of things to link to today. Deep Throat, <laughs> Popeye, <laughs> and this little news thing. There was a... I try to tie those things together. <laughs> so there's these guys, and they were like on a scaffold cleaning windows on a skyscraper yeah. in Edmonton, and it, a huge wind blew through, and it was just whipping this thing. It was like twisting it away from the building oh, and wow. turning it sideways to the building, Ooh. like perpendicular to it. Ooh. And one of the guys fell out and was like dangling, Ooh. and they had to, the fireman had to come and take him down. He luckily had like his safety harness on, mm-hmm. so he was dangling from his safety harness. But by the way, if you're up in the air, it's no fun, even if you're wearing a safety harness, to be mm-hmm. dangling from a scaffold. But someone said, why were they even up there? And I said, hey, guys, in the window washing world, there's one motto, no pains, no gains. Anyway, that was my... Uh... <laughs> Thanks for listening. We've been Sneaky Dragon. Uh, to, uh, wrap I think it up, I, Dave. I think I'm supposed to wrap it up, but I'm just going to take a sip of water and a little celebration of that little that fun <laughs> joke I made. <sighs> so, everyone, if you'd like to write to us and perhaps cast aspersions on me... That's fine. I can take it. I make dad jokes in perfect and perfect safety. Yeah. Uh, in the fact that you can't reach me, except by word. And you know what they say: sticks and stones may break my bones, and words also hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a website. It's called sneakydragon.com. You can go there. You can find this show. You can find a place. You can leave commentaries. I'm just playing the "When I'm Cleaning Windows" song while you're talking. Okay, thank you. That is George Formby. Yeah. The, the ukulele. Uh, player. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, we have a website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. You can find the show there. You can find the comment section. And you're welcome to leave a comment there. We have a question of the week, right, Ian? And that question is, in 30 words or less, 
Describe Describe us. our show as if you were describing it to a friend or a mortal enemy that you'd like to have watched or listen to our show. And uh, please, everyone, join in because if if you do, we are going to have a little draw and we'll send out a, a little uh, gift package to you. Maybe with some drawings in it. Anywhere in the world, by the way. Let's, uh, let's throw one of those uh, rounders in there if we can. We'll throw rounders in. Yeah, we'll throw my comic book in there. Yep. We'll throw uh, Stinky Dragon stickers. Um, some other stuff. I'll find some stuff. Yeah, I just raided my um, storage locker, so we got some minis and some weird things and some sure. knickknacks and we'll whatnot. Have, we, we have some. Might send you a VHS Q-gaws. tape of something very strange. <laughs> we have Q-gaws, We have all kinds of things. So, so yes, please send us your uh, description of, of Sneaky Dragon, thirty words or less. And thank you, Brent. And Brent, you also have to enter. And if so. You can send it to the website. No, you don't send it to the website. If you're going to enter this, it's probably best if you send it to our uh, email address, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Better start that again, Ian. <laughs> okay. Come on. What's going on here? Isn't there a replay button on YouTube? There we go. This is good. <laughs> we're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. We're also on... Uh, we're also... I was going to say Tinder. I don't know why Tinder came in my head. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. We're also on, on Twitter... Uh, at sneak underscore dragon and if you'd like to throw a little money our way which we would uh, also like as well as your uh, suggestion in 30 words or less what how to describe the show uh, you'll find us on Patreon so there we go Ian yeah let's go clean some windows (laughs) 